Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer. I'll be joined by Trent Smallwood shortly, and uh, Jed's, Jed May will be along even after that. Even to this minute, just a few minutes ago, Jed was out, uh, you know, kind of beating the bushes, so to speak, going out and getting some recruiting scoop for you guys. I think you uh, saw on the vault this weekend that, man, we were working around the clock trying to get reaction from this huge recruiting weekend and got plenty of it up on the vault. That's why you need to be subscribed to the UGA Sports Vault. And speaking of subscribing, guys, we just hit 31,000 subs here on the YouTube channel, the biggest Georgia outlet out there on YouTube. And that's all because of you guys. So make sure to hit that like while you're in here. Go ahead and hit the subscribe. Tell your friends because we're going to be breaking down all of the action here that happened from the weekend. So go ahead and tell everybody to, to tune in. Uh, as always, UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts is presented by Turner Wood and Smith Insurance in cooperation with auto owners. Uh, visit Turner, visit TWSinsurance.com or auto-owners.com for all your life, home, car, and business insurance needs. Guys, they, they've both been around for over 100 years. They're going to take care of your insurance needs and make sure that you get that customer service that you need as well whenever situations uh, arise. All right, now I believe I got... Trent in here with me. Trent, uh, everything good technologically, man. You all right I'm, there? I'm good. I'm good. I'm spazzing out a little bit, but I'm good. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you definitely to help carry the old, old voice this week. Uh, something, something's going around the Gilmer household. I've been having uh, all kinds of stuff. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to help, uh, help put the team on your back right here. Cause I may, I may lose it about halfway through, but you, you kind of sound like you were in Sanford stadium Saturday. That's the crazy thing. I was not. I didn't have even noise to, to fight anything. So, um, yeah, guys, go ahead and drop in here in the YouTube. Tell us where you're watching from. Of course, Randy Payne from Tifton. Uh, from Tifton. He's, you know, always in here. Uh, love love having Randy join us every week. We got uh, Marvis Hudson in here. Who else we got? Uh, Jeremy Barbie is in here. We've got... Tim Hope uh, from over in the Yellowhammer State joining us. Um, Darth Janus from uh, D Dallas, Texas in here with us. Got Glover, uh, Tony Glover from uh, Jackson, Jayville, North Carolina. So we got all kinds of uh, people, all different places coming in here. Jeremy Barbie's watching just down the road from Loganville. So uh, Joseph God be from Murphy, North Carolina. So we got them watching from all over the place, uh, Trent. And uh, people, from, speaking of watching from all over the place, what a spectacle it was Saturday. I know that's uh, we're going to be talking about recruiting, but this ties directly into recruiting because whenever you have literally millions and millions of eyeballs and then, you know, of course, hundreds of thousands depend, uh, descending on the town of Athens for that tailgate environment, for the game environment. Uh, it's just, it's huge for recruiting, and we'll get into the specifics of it. But just your thoughts, uh, since you and I haven't gotten to really talk about the game or the result or anything, just your thoughts on Georgia's performance Saturday, and then we'll kind of connect it to recruiting. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the performance, I mean, it was just an unreal uh, scheme that, that Kirby and the defensive staff come up with. 
It was a, uh, you know, I thought the offensive scheme uh, to come out and take shots downfield. Thought that was a, a great plan by Todd Munkin. It really looked like Georgia had been preparing for this team for three. It kind of, you know, it led me back to Oregon. The way the way the start was, just from, uh, and I, I really, there's no doubt in my mind that the rain wouldn't have come, and they didn't dial it back. I think uh, 28 plays in the second half and uh, four passes and 28 or 24 runs. Uh, I think if you don't dial that back, I, I think you'd see more score like 40, uh, 46, 44 to, uh, you know, 13. So um, I, I thought it was just a dominating performance. Um, uh, you know, you, you thank guys like Eric Ainge and uh, and those guys for calling out Sanford Stadium and, and the, the fans and the students came prepared and they showed out. And I'm telling you, an atmosphere like that, it, it, you know, it, it not only helps you win the, the football game, but it helps you in recruiting. I mean, the recruits loved every single bit of that atmosphere. A lot of them have called it the loudest stadium that they've been a part of, that they've been at, or they've ever heard Sanford Stadium. Just, just all, you know, just it was just a total package. You know, you get a win on the field, uh, you, you have an atmosphere like that. Just uh, the the recruits loved it, and uh, and Georgia's nine and zero. You know, on the way to go to another playoff and another um, potential back to back national champions. Uh, it is it is insane the momentum that was generated from this. And I'll go ahead and throw a a question up because it's related to it. Uh, uh, J A Song or Jason G. I, I don't know if it's J A Song or Jason G. So forgive me. Seventeen says. Um, I know it's been talked about how how much this weekend was huge for recruiting, but what really makes this weekend so special? So here's the thing. When you have a weekend like this, Trent, there's there's all these recruits that hear from, you know, hundreds of coaches and different programs and things like that of what their team is going to do. And this is – and this is – and making these promises of here's what this product is going to look like on the field. But when Georgia get comes out and, and does exactly what they tell everybody their program is built on being more physically uh, imposing than the other team being faster than the other team uh, out executing the other team being more composed than the other team all it, it it just it is a perfect storm and gives Kirby Smart and and that staff everything that all they they don't even have to say anything. It recruits itself and that environment that Georgia had this weekend. That's why it was so huge. And uh, man, it it just really. I know the Notre Dame game a couple of years ago was special. The night, the lights, all that kind of stuff. But I think Trent, this one is much more significant and could probably have a longer lasting impact for the University of Georgia than that one. One, because it's a conference matchup and a, and a storied rival. And two, I really believe, as we're going to get into here, that, that Georgia probably secured several uh, commitments in, in, in or, or this will be a major factor in, in securing several commitments, not just in 23, but beyond. Yeah, and and you know it's bigger because, like you said, it's a conference game, and and one you recruit against Tennessee a lot more than you recruit against Notre Dame. You recruit uh, and on the same night that all this all happens, Alabama gets knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, basically, they get knocked out of the uh, you know they're not going to make it to the SEC championship unless LSU just totally blows up 
and um, it, well, they got to beat Ole Miss this week too. Yeah, it, so so it, it, a lot of stuff went. You know, Texas A and M getting blown out. You know, a lot of these teams that Georgia was against. It wasn't a better day. There wasn't a better day for Georgia to have that kind of performance with everything else that was going around uh, in the country. Um, just just the impact with you know a lot of Georgia Alabama targets or you know Alabama commits uh, that were on campus. And, uh, it, you know, guys that are got Georgia and Tennessee like uh, Dobbs and and all these guys, you know, it's just it was it was just a total, uh, you know, full package performance by Georgia. You know, I, you, I saw a couple of these defensive guys that that Georgia defense staff met with uh, these recruits for the game, told them what they were going to do and said they they just they did exactly what they were said they were going to do on the field. And you know they execute it flawlessly, and um, you know that you, you like to hear that because you know uh, re- recruits want to see results, and uh, and that's what we talked about a lot in the off season. And a lot of people are going to be talking about results uh, in the off season, but the results show in the fall, and that's why Kirby's an elite recruiter because he backs his up. Yeah, I mean, what a what a just absolute paradox, you know total dichotomy between what happened with Texas A&M getting the number one class this offseason, a historic class, and just absolutely crapping down their leg this year and not being able to do anything with it. Jimbo Fisher has it – is, it is malpractice what Jimbo Fisher has done with that program over there. It is absolutely awful. Uh, and we're not even mentioning Miami. So, yeah, well, Miami, Miami's an abomination to football. That is, that is awful, uh, ridiculous of what's going on over there. But Kirby Smart continues, continues just to absolutely uh, hit the mark each time, not only on the field, but when it comes to to recruiting and, and those kind of things as well, and they go hand in hand, right? Georgia outperformed in 2017 expectations, right? The 2017 season, and that that bolstered a huge class in 2018 uh, coming off the next year. So the expectations, the the performance on the field and the recruiting, it has been just a one-two punch for Kirby Smart throughout his uh, throughout his time there so far at Georgia, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I put in my re- recruiting notes, welcome to the Kirby era of college football, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. And speaking of that, uh, Trent, man, we had a slew of questions over here uh, for us on the on the vault this week. In fact, I'm still uh, trying to to get some of those in there. So while I do that, um, any any before we jump jump into specific questions, are there any uh, movements, any rumors, any things that, that you've heard coming out of Athens that you would call maybe the, the most significant of the weekend or maybe a, a theme, topic, whatever you want to broach here before we get into uh, into the questions? No, I, I bet we've been talking, and he didn't even visit this weekend, but I think Georgia continues to uh, you know be right there at the top of the list for Deuce Robinson, even though there's two uh, tight ends on the commit list. Um and Hartley has made him a priority um, since, you know, day one. And a lot of people said, well, now that Georgia's got two tight ends, there's not room. But that that hasn't been approached that way. 
And I think Georgia's the team to beat, uh, Produce Robinson. Um, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this for a couple of weeks or maybe even a month. I don't even know. But, um, you know, Georgia's felt good about Robinson, where they stand, and uh, he's, he's a hybrid guy. You come in there and uh, he can play wide receiver, can play tight end, and you know how Georgia likes to play their tight ends everywhere. Um, but I think he'd be more as a um, not not a Brock Bowers type, but playing more on the outside. And um, you know Georgia Georgia is really really standing out there. Um, you know it's getting late in the late in the recruiting process there as well. Um, you, you have uh, Damon Wilson, who I think Georgia has uh, done a great job with. Um, you know, it continues to be a Georgia Ohio State battle. I think that's the only two teams really. Uh, in the mix, I think they're just taking uh, blows back and forth. Uh, you know, Georgia had the momentum, then Ron Day visited him and kind of gained that momentum back in Ohio State's favor. He's been rumored of, of uh, being close to a commitment. But I think that's uh, might have swung back, you know, a little bit in the way of Georgia this weekend with a, with a visit he had. Um, still a long ways to go there. I don't, I don't expect a commitment coming, you know, in the next two weeks or, or anything. That one could go to early signing day. Um, you know, there's just a slew of guys that, that, you know, that Georgia made impacts on, uh, you know, Caleb Downs and, uh, Justice Haynes being on campus. I think there probably might've been a little bit more, uh, ground made for maybe justice than, than Caleb at this point. But I know both of them had a great time and both of them, uh, you know, had, had to listen to what the coaches had to say. Both of them were in the locker room. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And we're going to get in specifically to that, but again, too, not only did did with like we said before, does does Kirby and them get to basically just point to hey, do you see what just happened? But these guys are literally getting to experience the the jubilation, the 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 celebrating of all the hard work that this team puts in. So they get to hear firsthand from Kirby and from the staff and from the current players that you're going to work your tail off when you come to Georgia. But then they got to firsthand see how what happens when you reap the benefits of that as well so i think that was a that that's a big uh selling point on that as well and that's just something that can't be replicated other places even alabama this year because alabama's not going to be uh they're not going to be playing for championships and that's that's a that's a rare rare thing for the the clemson the the crimson tide and i said clemson there clemson ain't going to be playing for no championship either uh but so maybe the acc championship but uh, Drake, May, Drake May in North Carolina may have something to say about that too. They're they're playing their tails off right now in terms of offensively at least. But uh, we're gonna get to the get to the questions here. Um, we had a ton of them on the vault, yeah, guys. Speaking of a ton, we got a ton of you guys in here right now. Subscribe to the channel if you don't already. Also, be a member of the UJ Sports Vault because. I know for a fact, people that are members of the UGA Sports Vault, Trent, they got information on Saturday night and on Sunday morning that nobody else had uh, yet. So that is a reason to be a member of the Vault, and then uh, stuff starts, you know, matriculating its way out on Monday morning. So make sure you're subscribed here for free. Make sure you're a member of the Vault over there where you have to pay a little bit, but it's worth it over there. So. Trent, first question is from a loyal rumors versus facts watcher and questioner, PA Dog 610. He said, Who flips first, Evans or Haynes? Uh, just want to give y'all props for recruiting coverage this past weekend. See, PA Dog knows what's up, what's going on over there. But uh, 
who flips first, Evans or Haynes? And I, and we're not necessarily saying that Haynes is going to flip. No one has put those words out there here from this outlet, but we will get into more of that later. But Trent, your thought on that question? Uh, me personally, I, I'm still saying if if Justice Haynes flips, I think it's going to be late uh, in the process. I would say uh, Evans. I would go with Evans just just because I think Georgia made up a lot of ground. There was a Georgia. Uh, I mean, as we've talked about on the show, Georgia's led for Evans for a while, and that was kind of a late minute decision that to, to to go over to Oklahoma, um, and and the communication never stopped. The communication with McClendon never stopped. Communication even with the Kirby never stopped, and not and and that you know I, I think that relationship kind of rekindled with him being on campus this weekend. Um, I would say Evans before Haynes at this point, but, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I would say Evans. Yeah. I mean, with Evans, you know, for all the world, listen, the day before the, the, the he committed to Oklahoma, Trent, we were hearing up as up to, you know, a couple hours before that, that, that he was Georgia bound. He was going to Georgia. We had a story written every up. We had edits, all this kind of stuff lined up, ready to go like we do every everybody that we know is a slam dunk going to uh, Georgia. And the the rug kind of got pulled out from under there. You know, Brian McClendon is a very personable, very intentional human being, okay? He, he, he does well uh, talking to people because they know that he's, he's present, he genuinely cares, and I don't think it took too long for Anthony Evans and his family to be around uh, – Brian McClendon again and kind of get reminded of why he was so interested in Georgia the first time. And I don't think we need to, you know, DeAndre Moore, I think Georgia would take, would take both uh, him uh, and Evans. So, so, you know, getting Evans on the commit list does not mean that Georgia, um, you know, is, is eliminated from DeAndre Moore. I think Georgia is going, is pushing for both and Deuce Robinson. So, uh, you know, they, they've preached playmakers and, and, and they've preached uh, and Kirby's talked about, the lack of, uh, you know, depth and playmakers at wide receiver. And I think uh, they're trying to fill that void. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, uh, it's crazy uh, to see, you know, people say, well, can you take that many? I, I just think Georgia is at the, at the point now where, especially with the initial counter rule out the window now, Trent, I think that if they have an opportunity to stack playmakers and particularly get as much speed as possible in the program, uh, you know, I feel like they're feel like they're absolutely going to do it. Now, our next question comes here from uh, Andy Stowe. Is Caleb Downs possible? Uh, meaning flipping to to Georgia? Could Kirby and staff possibly pull this one off? And O line, are you guys hearing that any big time blue chip guys wanting to join the new world order of college football? You new new world order. There we go. <laughs> uh, I mean, Caleb Downs. Um, that's another one that's just uh you know he he made a last minute visit we didn't have him on the visitor list i, I don't believe uh um i know we didn't on that friday and um he, he you know he, he decided to come visit him and justice are close they both committed to alabama um i would still rank uh georgia's chances of flipping justice higher than caleb's at this point but uh you know he he, he was on campus he, he he listened to what the coach had to say um uh, you know, I think the door is open. I, I, I think the door is open wider than it was coming into this weekend, but I'm not going to say that the chances are over 50% that he flips. Um, I, I still think there's work to do there. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, this anyway, 
and extenuating circumstances in Caleb's recruitment and background that do not exist in justices. And I think it's uh, prohibitive at this point. I, I don't, I don't see Caleb Downs. It's a whole lot different with uh, Justice Haynes, in, in, in my opinion, uh, in terms of some of the barriers there of, of uh, Downs possibly getting getting to Georgia. Um, DeBusk, 23-10. Are we getting everyone or are we getting everyone? Those are the two choices. Uh, he says, go dogs. So DeBusk is uh, really feeling the momentum there, Trent. And I think rightfully so. I don't think that there's – not that you're ever going to talk to somebody, a uh, recruit typically after a big recruiting weekend and expect them to expect to hear anything but positive things. But I think the candor that came out of some of these recruits being like, no, this was, you know, it wasn't just a great visit. This was like, this was like a, a banner mark. They were, they were talking about how, uh, you know, there were some that said, you know, I don't usually get hyped for a game or anything like that, but they said they were they were literally feeding off the energy of the crowd and they weren't even playing at that point. So I think it did have a uh, a huge impact this weekend. Yeah, and it had a you know a huge impact on classes, you know, 24, 25, even 26. Um this this was uh this was a game that 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 Kirby needed uh with with having a poor uh home schedule I guess over the past two years. Um you know, uh, looking coming into the season, you said, "Oh, well, Tennessee's the only one, but they'll probably have a couple losses, so it's not going to be a big game." But that was a huge game, in, or end up being, you know, one versus three, a huge game, uh, prime time start, and uh, and they packed the house with recruits, and it was just a, um, you know, it, this is this is a game and could be a building block, you know, and, and I'll always say. Does it make or break uh, uh, as far as their commit coming to the school? But that it also can be a building block, you know, with what they compare their visits to over the next two or three years. Uh, it, it, you know, and it, this this is always going to be on the back of their mind. Do I want to play in front of that? Or do I want to play, you know, with this kind of physicality, with this kind of uh, championship squad? Or do you, what about these other visits? So I think that's just kind of a. Uh, you know, it's something that's going to be on the back of these minds of, of 25 and 26 uh, kids, you know, moving forward. And it could not have worked out any better. I'm just telling you, it couldn't have worked out any better in terms of some of the circumstances on this. You got Nolan Smith and Robert Bill. Robert Bill went out during the game, but Nolan Smith was out before the game and caused a little bit of a, a shuffle in some of how the, 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 outside linebacker position was handled even some of the inside linebacker rotations different stuff like that a lot of youth on that field and I know that's what guys like Sammy Brown linebacker from Jefferson he was like listen it's one thing for guys to talk about you know schools to talk about early playing time but he said it's another thing to see Glenn Schumann literally have guys who were in high school last year and have them them ready to produce at the level that they produced against the best offense in college football this year he's you know and, and this is a kid that knows what he's talking about because his dad's a head uh, former head coach former defensive coordinator now I believe he's an offensive line coach uh, at Jefferson but man uh you know that made it that made a difference these guys saw young players step up and produce like Georgia wasn't even missing a beat, Trent. 
Yeah, and and they, you know, that they were rotating, and I know these are, you know, Tresman Marshall and Ryan Davis, but it's almost like Georgia has 32 defensive players ready to play every week uh, with the injuries that they've had. With with uh, you know guys in the secondary, you know Dalen Everett had to come in for a couple of plays when uh, Ringo lost his helmet. You never you never missed a beat out there. Um, it, they rotated uh, the star position between Board and who's also young, and uh, you know you got Kamari Lasser on the other side who's also young, and then you're rotating your linebackers. You got Marvin Jones on the field, and you got Michael Williams on the field, and uh, little Bear Alexander. So you, you you're you're putting all these guys in, and you're expecting okay that eventually this is going to bust because uh i mean there's no way you can carry on with with this youth and and you know kirby and 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 muschamp and schumann they got these guys uh they got you know 28 30 guys ready to play every weekend and it doesn't matter if you're a freshman doesn't matter if you're a sophomore and it matter if you're a six-year senior uh those guys are ready to step in and uh you know that there's no there's no slouching over there if they, they're not getting the snaps early but but when their number's called they're ready and, and then they perform yeah, and the and the practice is a part of it too. I've heard Dane say several times before. Kirby Smart has very openly said, like with Tyron Ingram Dawkins, he's like, "Hey, he's not practicing well. That's why he's not playing as much because he was playing early snaps." Well, that practice must have turned around because that young man uh, had himself a ball game on uh, on Saturday, and and he's just you know a, a redshirt freshman, if you will. So it's uh, a lot of youth was out there doing a lot of things. All right, we got a little bit of a loaded question here from uh ksdj 1869 give your confident percentage on the these 23 class prospects commit slash flip to uga flips first haynes down haynes downs Moore, louis evans and cobb we'll, we'll end it right there so let's go with the flips first haynes downs Moore, louis evans and cobb you can give your percentages on those now I- give them I don't I mean I don't know really about percentages, but I, I would go uh I would I would go Evans uh being the highest with Moore being the second highest, Haynes being behind him. And uh I, I'm at the point now where Cobb and Louie will be at the bottom with downs because uh I, I think Georgia is at the point now where they're going Haynes or Portal um at the running back position. Um, there's been no offers out, you know, that they're, they're still talking, they're still discussing, but I'm at the point now where I think, uh, it's, it's Haynes or the portal because they're going to wait till the last day for Haynes. Um, uh, but yeah, I would have <laughs> do what the, the last second they're going to wait till the last second. Um, but yeah, I would, I would go, uh, I would go those wide receivers at the top and, uh, and then Haynes slightly behind them. I completely agree. Now, with the uh, with the guys who aren't committed yet, we can do percentage on those. Uh, Impemba, Hobbs, Wilson, Hall, and then Russo and Smith. What are your per- percentages on those? Mpemba, I would go with uh, 75, 80%. Um, Wilson, I would go 55%. Let's see. Hobbs. Hobbs, I'm leaning. Uh, I'm leaning towards uh, more. Um, you know, over, slightly over fifty percent too. There's three teams involved there, but I think Georgia uh, sits in a good spot there. And Russo and Russo and Smith, I would still have that the lowest, uh, the lower end. And um, Hall, I would uh, Hall's up there. Hall's up there with uh with my Pimba. 
Yeah, I'm going to give uh, Holland and Pimba both like 90% chance. And then I'm going to give uh, – I'm going to be generous. <laughs> I'm going to give uh, Hobbs and Wilson both in that around that, that 55, 60% chance. And I'm going to give uh, Russo and Smith about – Two percent chance. I don't think it's going to happen. So, uh, so that that that's where I would be um, with that with that question. All right. Uh, you know, here's Big Dog asking any updates on the timeline of uh, King Joseph Edwards. Um, you know, notice a, a sideline photo with with George Pickens. As I put out on the vault. <clears throat> that I I don't necessarily. I know I put a, a future cast in a long time ago because uh, I thought. And and way things were going that that it'd be King Joseph Edwards to to Georgia. If I could take that future cast back, I would because I don't I I I, I, I doubt that happens at, at at this point in this juncture. I just Trent, I just don't know. I, I just I, I think he one he's a Buford guy, and I know that 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 is what it is at this point. But and then two, uh, you know, some players, you know. Their, their recruitments are way more fluid than others. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you summed it up pretty good. Um, I, I do think Georgia is going to have success at Buford in this, uh, in this recruiting class at, of 24, but uh, I don't think King Joseph Edwards at this point will be one of those names that's, that's there. Yeah. Not, not feeling it right this second. Um all right, that was before on the this question. All right, F M McCreary or F McCreary Jr. How many silent commits do we have from 2023, and of them, how many are likely to pull a Kamari Wilson? <clears throat> I would say coming out of this weekend, Trent. I would I would say that there's two, maybe three guys that could already have given uh, given Georgia the the Iggy so to speak, but I'm telling you now I, I put zero stock in a silent commit. And unless somebody comes out and publicly commits, I, I could care less if they're silently committed. Yeah. I mean, it, there's been at least three silent commits commit elsewhere in this class. So, uh, and that, and that's at least, um, so, uh, I, I don't put a lot of stock in silence. Uh, I do know that there's, there's guys that have told the staff that they're, that they're coming to Georgia. I know. Um, but, but to me, you know, some people have dates for reasons. Some people have dates because it's, you know, it might be their, their, you know, when their grandfather passed or, you know, when their mom or dad's birthday or you know, something like that. And that, that's understandable, but as longer these, some, some of these guys are, don't have a timeline and then they're saying, if you're if silently committed, you're not, uh, to me, you're not committed. So um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot, you know, I would say three or four uh, kids that have uh, told the staff that they're coming. But again, um, that's just what we're hearing on this side, and uh, it, it could be on the, another side as well. So uh, right now, I would, I would, I feel mm -hmm. confident about those. But um, you know, we'll see moving forward. Absolutely. And then uh, we have a question from QFlow Eleven Dog: uh, Which DN and OLB? Do we end up with in this class, meaning Georgia? Also, do you think Bo Hewley stays committed? I saw that he was not at the game. I think he was actually at the LSU game. Um, if if I if I remember hearing that correctly, I'm I'm not a hundred percent positive on that, but I think he was. So <clears throat> we've talked about edge guys, you know, we've talked about Mpemba 
and and Wilson. Um, and then I I mean, you know, Russo's out there, but I, I think right now, uh Trent and then David Hobbs, who can play defensive end, but also is big enough where he could end up growing into a uh you know, growing into a, a three technique type deal. Jordan Jordan Hall even is playing some defensive end in it or, or was in his high school uh, year this year. So I think those four names are really the ones that you're you're looking at at DN or OLB. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is, um, you know, with with what with what's committed on at linebacker, I think if Georgia could could. You know, finalize the class with Mapemba and Damon Wilson. They would. I mean, that might be the best linebacker class in in in, in the history of high school recruiting. I mean, that, that that's an insane with the inside linebackers they have now. And um, oh yeah, well yeah. listen, CJ Allen and uh, Raylan Wilson were mm-hmm. were at the game, and uh, Troy. All three of those were there, and all three of them were working on Mapemba. And working on Damon Wilson, Jonel Aguaro. I put this out there on the on the vault as well. My recruiting notes. This is not a young man that talks a lot. Okay, Jonel Aguaro would rather just hit something like anything than, than probably have a conversation with with someone. But he was out there doing work, talking with Impemba. Uh, you know, of course, formerly his teammate at, at IMG. I'm sure that he he made his way around. Um, to uh uh to damon wilson as well and listen pierce sperlin if he ever wants to uh establish um residency back in georgia after his time you know it's an election day tomorrow pierce sperlin could probably run for governor of georgia at some point in time because that man does a lot of you know uh shaking hands and kissing babies so to speak i mean he's 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 a recruiter and a half and uh really is somebody that already, even before his career has gotten started, has done a lot for this Georgia program, Trent. Yeah, I mean, and it was it was more than just those guys. Jamal Jarrett and um, uh, there was um, Miller, and uh, there was just the commits showed up, and and uh, they they all were were on these targets, and uh, I mean, just that along with the atmosphere along with the game like we discussed it was just um you have an opportunity to celebrate after that game with you know the defending national champions who are on uh you know number are going to be ranked number one when the playoff rankings come out tomorrow so um i mean it, it's just an exciting time to be uh in, in something that a lot of these kids you know they're preaching it come be a part of it come be a part of it and uh at this time i just uh, you, you know, you look back at Alabama over the last 10 years and you say, God, it'd be hard not to want to be a part of it just because how physical, how defensive, uh, how that offense looked and how they're playing for championships every year. And now, now Georgia's at that, at that peak, uh, you know, uh, I don't think they're at peak, but they're, 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 they're on the, you know, incline up. And, yeah. um, and well, I mean, talk about a legitimate chance now. I mean, oh, yeah. Nobody is nobody is is scoffing at the at when somebody says, "Hey, Georgia could win back to back national championships." I mean, that's a that's more than a real possibility here. And then you go look, then you go peek ahead at the twenty twenty three schedule that Georgia has, and there is no reason that you know providing 
that things stay consistent in how they go about their their day-to-day business that that they shouldn't be undefeated and sitting in the the SEC championship uh I, you know in 2023 again and so i mean it could be a true dynastic and what's scary what's scary and what what Kirby's built is you know you know not having Jalen Carter for those uh, six weeks were rough because you know the defensive line was young their defense was still growing after losing all them draft picks last year but they they've grown depth and they've I mean you you've seen that depth you've seen Warren Brinson and Stackhouse and all these guys just show out uh, become uh, dominant players uh, over the last six or seven weeks with with Carter out and now all that showing and. This whole defense is going to be back, uh, for, you know, a majority of them. Uh, you're losing the outside linebackers, but you don't have no one the rest of the year. So you, now, you, now you have the opportunity to build up guys like Marvin Jones the rest of the year. And Jalen Walker. Jalen Walker yeah. was all over the place. Uh, yeah. I mean. But then when you got your, you know, you're losing Chris Smith, but you got uh, uh, your, your secondary class of last year was just loaded. And, um, and, and now you're bringing in another secondary class that's loaded. So uh, this is this is how you stack championships, and uh, and you know that this is going to be a fun you know next four or five years or and beyond for this uh, for this Georgia fan base. Well, we've kind of worked through all the questions. I do want to say this on uh, whether it's Justice Haynes or whether it's you know a Caleb Downs or or this Anthony Evans uh, from from you know wide receiver committed to to Oklahoma, DeAndre Moore, whoever. There was a huge NIL kind of summit, so to speak, and campaign drive, illegal. I'm not talking about anything, you know, like McDonald's bags of cash, uh, Pruitt style. I'm talking about true getting businesses in there in Athens in front of the Georgia head coaches of the various sports in front of Josh Brooks, giving them the importance of partnering with the Classic City Collective getting them the importance of, of partnering with Georgia athletics through the, the, the legacy program that they're implementing and things like that. That was a very successful weekend. And then you add that excitement to it uh, that, that, that Georgia was able to generate there. Uh, you know, Hey, Trent, you get a bunch of uh, rich guys uh, around good football and get them uh, liquored up a little bit. Those wallets start opening up a little bit, you know, the, the checkbooks come up. And so, uh, hearing that, that Georgia's made uh, a lot of ground on the NIL front as well. And listen, that is the world that we live in. This isn't illegal money and stuff we're talking about anymore. This is businesses that are willing to pay kids that come to the University of Georgia. You can't use it as inducement, but you can say, hey, these funds are available to University of Georgia athletes, and these are the type of businesses that are partnering with University of Georgia athletes, absolutely huge. And I think it's going to have uh, dividends this weekend. We'll have dividends for, like I said, not only this class, but years years to come for Georgia. Yeah, yeah 100%. And, you know, it, it's happening. You know, all this is happening at the right moment, of course, with, uh, with early signing day about six weeks away. So, um, and, and, and we're going to be – have an early signing day after an opportunity to watch Georgia once again, um, uh, you, you know, barring anything crazy, playing the SEC championship. And once again, um, probably see their name 
located in the top four when the playoffs, uh, when, when the, you know, the bowls come out that day with early signing day right after that. So, uh, you know, everything's working in the favor of Georgia along with this NIL process, uh, you know, moving in late and, uh, and there's going to be an opportunity. Like we've, we've talked about since, uh, the spring, uh, don't count out Kirby for these guys. Uh, he he's he's going to be in with some of these guys, even in the committed elsewhere guys, until the last moment. And Kirby will land a top three class, maybe even the top one. Yeah, uh, welcome Jed uh, here towards the end of the show, and we're about to w- wind it up. But man, uh, just tell everybody, you know, where where you where you been, what you've been what you've been doing today, and uh, what's coming for him over there on the vault, Jed. You've been playing golf. Yeah. I wish I was playing golf. It was a good day for it. Um, no, we. Uh, I went over to Parkview, um, talked with a bunch of guys over there. Actually, had a big contingent at the game Saturday, uh, headlined by, of course, five-star Mike Matthews, who was saying, you know, it was interesting because George is looking at – I don't know if y'all talked, talked about him today, but George is looking at him as a receiver. But I asked him, you know, what was his favorite part of the game? And it was like watching that defense, like watching the defense. He, killing it, I think, was the was the term he used. So, um, But you've got a 25 offensive lineman from Parkview, Cortez Smith, who was at the game and got offered. 26 guys, Zealous, Zealous Hicks, who Georgia was the first offer for him a couple weeks ago. Uh, a couple other guys in Parkview as well. So I uh, was there today. And then you got stories on those guys. There's a safety on, or a story on number one safety in the 24 class, Pate Woodyard, I'll have uh, tomorrow. There's uh, Blaine, you've got a story on Ryan Montgomery coming out tomorrow. Julian Lewis should have a story coming soon on him yep. as well. Just, I, I know y'all have talked about it for the past 45 minutes, but just the, the level of talent that was in. Athens. I mean, I mentioned this in my note yesterday. There was about 20 of the top 100 for 2025 that were there at that game the other day, and that doesn't even count, you know, KJ Bolden, Mike Matthews, um, you know, all these other guys that were from the 24 class that were there in the 23 guys as well. So just, just a, a preposterous amount of talent was uh, was in town over the weekend. No doubt. Uh, of course, quarterbacks always get a lot of attention, like you said. Um, Ryan Montgomery, I'll have a story coming out on him first thing in the morning over on the vault. So you want to make sure you're, uh, you're, you know, a member over there, guys, because there's stuff coming out every day, as Jed just pointed out. But when it comes down to Ryan Montgomery, there's a lot of people say, oh, well, his, his brother's committed to Ohio State. Listen, this was his second game day visit, his fifth visit overall on his own dime down to, down to Georgia. And Todd Munkin – took time to speak to him before the game for a extended amount of time and after the game for an extended amount of time. Kirby Smart walked directly up to him and spoke to him about things after the game. All the details will be in there, but just know this, Ryan Montgomery is a major priority for Georgia in the class of 2025. Well, and just kind of building off that, when I, when and I, I'm sure you guys have heard this too, a lot of these guys have said, yeah, we got a little bit of FaceTime with coaches. We didn't get to talk to them a whole lot, especially talking about before the game because there's obviously pressing matters at hand. So the fact, playing like you just said, Munkin speaking with Montgomery before and after the game, that's huge. And Peyton Wood, you're another guy, like I just mentioned, number one, a safety for the 24 class, came over from California. He was ate breakfast with Fran Brown yesterday morning. Yeah. Like you said, Coach is spending a lot of time with guys this weekend. That's like the the big priority, guys. And obviously, there was the some official visitors as well. But um, this is a weekend that that could kind of like that that first G day Kirby Smart had, kind of like that 2019 Notre Dame game. 
this could be a weekend that that's got huge, huge ripple effects for for multiple classes kind of spanning out over the next couple of years. I, I agree. It's a, a lot going on. Uh, guys, we, we've talked about just about everything recruiting related uh, that we could here on this show. Like I said, if you want all the, the news and tidbits that you can get Georgia recruiting wise, listen, we had stuff, full stories, nuggets, little posts, everything out on Saturday night, even more on Sunday morning before you saw them anywhere else. They were on the UGA Sports Vault, so make sure you're uh, not only subscribed here and turn on notifications, you'll want to, I'm sure, listen to Coach Don and, uh, and Roddy t tomorrow as they uh, prepare everybody for what uh, Mike Leach and everybody has uh, going on over there. Um, but also, I'm sure he'll he'll break down that that Tennessee uh, victory even more like they did on the Watch Long Show and all that. But, guys, uh, that's, that's it for us here on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts this week for – Jed May and Trent Smallwood. Uh, I am Blaine Gilmer. And go ahead and subscribe, like, turn on notifications. We'll catch you next time.